Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. It's Mr. Schnooze, the manager of the Fluesville Factory, bringing you Flues Mania, the fun-filled Flues challenge for kiddos of all ages. Personally, I love trivia. It's one of my favourite things. A close third place after bicycles and watermelons. And today is Trivia Day. Today, Flues Mania is all about the Olympics. Fizzies love competition, and we especially love the Olympics. I've got seven big questions. So fasten your seatbelts, kids of all ages, and away we go. Question number one. In the Olympic track and field competition, there's one event where the person runs down a skinny track with a long stick in their hand and then uses that long stick to pick them up and carry them over a bar way up in the air. What's this competition called? Ooh, this event sounds awfully dangerous. I would recommend trying something else first, like a, a watermelon seed spitting contest. Uh, now, the answer is... The pole vault! Question number two. The relay race is a very popular Olympic event. In this event, a team member runs partway around the track and then hands a baton to the next team member. How many members are on a relay race team? I'll give you a clue, alright? It's two, four, or, um, twenty. And the answer is, can I get a drum roll, please? 20! Wait, that's not right. Bob, the station manager, gave me the wrong piece of paper. Ah, here we are. It's... Give me that drum roll again. Four! Four is the number of people on a relay team. I hope you're two for two so far. All right. We've got question number three. Moving over to the pool. One of the swimming races in the Olympics is also what you call something small that flies around and lands on flowers. What swimming race is it? I'll give you a clue. It's not a moth. Nor is it a hummingbird. Nor is it a bee. Nor is it waffle when he gets distracted. The answer is... The butterfly! Look at all this progress we're making. We're already through three questions. Question number four. Where were the very first Olympic Games held? Was it A. Kansas B. London C. Paris or D. Athens And the answer is... Athens! 
which, by the way, is in Greece. I've never been there, but I hear it's very beautiful. One of these days, I'm going to sneak away from Flusville and go there. Just you wait. I will do it. Oh, but the factory does need to be taken care of, and it needs to be kept safe from Waffle and Martha. Anyway, I'll talk to a Flusville travel agent, and I'll get back to you. Now, back to the questions. We're up to question number, uh, five. In this Olympic sport, two people try to pin each other on a mat and use moves with names like the double leg lift, standing foot hook. That sounds dangerous. I think I'll stick with race walking. And the answer is wrestling. Oh, there's only two questions left. I hope you have your thinking caps on because here we go. Question number six. Archery is a very popular Olympic sport. What two main items does an archer use in the archery competition? By the way, I never let Waffle and Martha near either one of these things. It didn't work out so well the first time. The answer is a bow and an arrow. Oh, we've only got one more question left and we'll be all done with our trivia tour to the Olympics. Are you ready? Here we go. Question number seven. This popular event is played on the beach with a ball and a net. What could it possibly be? You might have answered volleyball. But the correct answer is actually beach volleyball. I am a stickler for the rules. What a time we've had racing to the Olympics with Flues Mania Trivia. I hope you had a great time. I certainly did. You know how I love trivia. It's one of my favourite things. Well, it's between that and a ride on my six-wheeled bicycle around Lake Fizzy. But today is trivia day. And also someone threw my bike into the lake. So, let's get stuck in. Today, Flu's Mania Trivia is all about space. Fizzies never really get to see stars because Flusville is located underneath Pflugerville. So reading about what's out there in space is really quite astonishing. Also, I heard somewhere that in space nobody can hear you scream. Now that's the life for me. Silence. Far away from Waffle and Martha and their messes. Anyway, I've got seven big questions, so fasten your seatbelts, kids of all ages, and prepare to blast off. Space question number one. What planet is closest to the sun? I'll tell you this for nothing. I could stand to be a little bit further away from the sun. You see, we've got a mountain of sugar in Flusville, and do you know what happens when sugar gets hot? It melts. I don't think I'm going too far when I tell you. That's one hell of a sticky situation. Last summer, it got so hot, some of the mountain melted, and me feet got stuck to the factory floor for three days. It was a pretty sweet situation, and not in a good way. Anyway, focusing back, what planet is closest to the sun? The answer is 
Mercury. Did you get that one right? On to the second question. How long does it take for the moon to circle the Earth? Is it 28 days or one whole year? Or is it a minute and a half? Huh, that reminds me. Did I ever tell you when I put up a health and safety infographical poster, I spent one whole year designing it? And it was only there for a minute and a half. Waffle and Martha came along and ate it. I demanded them tell me why they ate it. And as it turns out, they thought by eating it, they'd magically become super healthy and incredibly safe. (laughs) Boy, did that one come back to bite them. Fizzies aren't made to digest paper. And that's all I'll say on the matter. Now, I hope you're ready for the answer. How long does it take for the moon to circle the Earth? 28 days, one whole year, or a minute and a half? Turns out, it takes 28 days. Moving on to question number three. We've got a lot of ground to cover. What was the first animal to ever go into space? A monkey, a dog, or a hippopotamus? And I'll give you bonus points if you can tell me the animal's name. The answer is a hippopotamus named Mr. Schnooze. Uh, Now, wait a minute. That's not right. Bob, the station manager, you slipped me the wrong answer, you cheeky little blight. Besides, I have never been to space and I'm not a hippopotamus. Calm down, Mr. Schnooze. Remember the meditation video? Deep breath in and exhale the negativity from Bob the station manager. The real answer to the question, what was the first animal to ever go into space? Was it a monkey, a dog, or, uh, well, it's not a hippo. The real answer is a dog. And bonus points, what was her name? It was Laika. That's quite a nice name. Wow, would you look at that? We're already through three questions about space. Question number four. Which planet in our solar system has the most moons? Earth seems a little lonely considering it's only got one moon. Well, Mercury and Venus have none, so Earth isn't in the worst position. Oh no, I've given you too many clues. Can you guess yet? Are you ready for the answer? The planet in our solar system with the most moons is Saturn. And guess how many moons it has? Saturn has 82 moons. Can you believe that? That's a lot of balls of cheese floating around in the air. Because that's exactly what moons are. Giant floating balls of cheese just out of reach. Uh, What's that, Bob, the station manager? No, of course moons aren't really made out of cheese. I was just kidding. They're actually made out of broccoli. Now, question number five. Get ready. What does NASA stand for? Gosh, if you knew this, you're a smart cookie, I'll tell you that. Let me take a guess. Being a smart cookie myself, I think this one's going to be an easy-peasy guess. NASA obviously stands for 
um, uh, nighttime aliens, space aliens. Or is it never attack space alligators? Or maybe nitwits ate schnooze asparagus? Which is a true story. Thanks a lot, Martha. That asparagus was in the fridge with my name on it. Okay, I've got it right here. NASA stands for National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Gosh, I was pretty close. Only two questions left, and I hope you've got your thinking caps on, because away we go. Question number six. What do you call a large group of stars, space dust and gas? I'll tell you this for nothing. The only large amount of gas down here is after fizzies have their annual Mexican fiesta. You don't want to be stuck in the factory that day. Here comes the answer. A large group of stars, space dust and gas is called... A galaxy. Only one more question left and we'll be all done with our space trivia-ton. Are you ready? Here we go. Question number seven. Who was the first human to walk on the moon? Was it Franny or Mr. Snood from the candy factory? Oh, wait, of course it wasn't them. They're fizzies, not humans. Well, maybe the first person to walk on the moon was you and you've been keeping it a secret from me. Let's find out. The first human to walk on the moon was... Neil Armstrong in 1969. Would you look at that? We've done it. Answered seven amazing and challenging questions on Fluismania Trivia. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you. And the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. You know how I love trivia. It's one of my favourite things. Well, it's between that and an efficient workplace. But today is trivia day, so let's get stuck in. Today, Flu's Mania Trivia is all about ancient Egypt. I tell you, fizzies love learning about history, and Egypt's of particular interest to me, mainly because I love my mummies. <laughs> oh, 
Ah, brought a tear to me eye. Now, the big wide world is quite a fascinating place for us fizzies, since the only place we really know is Flusville. And, of course, my, uh, how do I put this, dalliances up into Flugerville, only to stop Waffle and Martha causing havoc. Anyway, I've got seven big questions about ancient Egypt, so fasten your seatbelts, kids of all ages, and away we go! Ancient Egypt question number one. Why did the ancient Egyptians build pyramids? <laughs> that is a tricky one. Maybe they built pyramids to attract tourists. Maybe they were built to inspire multi-level marketing. Oh, I know. Maybe pyramids were built to be meeting points. You know, hey, King Tut, meet me by the large limestone pointy structure in the middle of the desert. Turn right at the Sphinx. You can't miss it. <laughs> yeah, that certainly makes sense to me. In fact, I'm quite certain that's the answer. There's no real point in me actually reading the answer on the paper, but eh. Just for you, I will, I suppose. Now, what do we got here? Why did ancient Egyptians build pyramids? The answer is, the pyramids were built as tombs for pharaohs. <laughs> Jeez Louise, talk about overcompensating. Now, on to the second question. Inside these pyramids, the pharaoh's remains were wrapped head to toe in bandages. What were they called when they were all wrapped up? I'll give you a hint. They weren't called daddies. I'll tell you that for nothing. I don't think I'd fancy being wrapped head to toe in bandages. I had my arm wrapped up in bandages the other week and that was enough for me. And before you ask... Waffle and Martha thought it would be fun to turn the factory floor into an ice skating rink and not tell anybody. But I found out the hard way. Now, what do you call a pharaoh wrapped head to toe in bandages? You call them a mummy. That's right, a mummy. And they didn't even have to be parents. Do you get it? Mummy, like, like your mother. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Moving on to question number three. In ancient Egypt, who wore makeup? Was it only women? Was it only men? Or was it both? You know, men wearing makeup, I actually don't think that's too bad. I've got a nasty stress pimple showing up on my forehead, thanks to Waffle. See, he insisted I have the day off and that he and Martha would take care of everything. I come back at the end of the day to find bubble bath in the fizzomatic machine. Every fizz bar had been eaten and Norm was tied to the rafters by a skipping rope. <sighs> no wonder this pimple is getting bigger by the minute. Let's get back on track, shall we? In ancient Egypt, who wore makeup? Only men, only women. Or both? The answer is... Both! They used copper to make green eye paint and lead to make black eye paint. The ancient Egyptians actually saw makeup as an offering to the sun god Ra. And you know, they also thought makeup had magical healing powers. I wish it did. 
This pimple's giving me some grief. But let's press on. We've already answered three questions. Let's get on to question number four. The ancient Egyptians had an alphabet made out of symbols called hieroglyphics. They represented words or sounds or syllables. How many hieroglyphics were in the ancient Egyptian alphabet? Was it over 20? Was it over 50? Or was it over 700? I'll tell you this. The English alphabet seems a little bit easier. We've only got 26 letters. And my favourite letter, in case you're wondering, is the letter P for productivity and profit and pepperoni pizza. <sighs> All right, have you got your answer? How many hieroglyphics were in the ancient Egyptian alphabet? Was it over 20, over 50 or over 700? The answer is over 700. Gee whiz, that's almost as many rules and regulations as we have in the factory. Almost, but of course, not quite. At last count, we're up to 2,633. But we're on to question number five. What animal was considered sacred and lucky in ancient Egypt? Was it cats or polar bears or goldfish? You know, I bet I know the answer to this one. It's obviously polar bears. I think they'd be pretty lucky to survive in a desert. The answer is cats. Ancient Egyptians thought cats brought luck because they looked quite like one of their gods, Bastet, the feline goddess of Egypt. Speaking of gods, let's move on to the second last question. Question number six. How many gods or deities did the ancient Egyptians believe in? Did they believe in one god, 45 gods, or 200 gods? My, that is a tricky trivia question, isn't it? That seems like a lot of time spent worshipping, when they really could spend time being more productive. Imagine how many more pyramids they could have built if they were focusing instead of worshipping. I hope no one in this factory focuses on worshipping a million gods, otherwise we'll never get any fizz bars made. Anyway, let's focus up Mr. Snooze. Let's take a deep breath. <gasps> and a deep exhale. Ooh. Now let's find out. How many gods or deities did the ancient Egyptians believe in? Was it one, 45, or 200? The answer is... <coughs> 200! They had deities for everything. From Ra, the god of the sun, all the way to Ptah, the god of artists. Where's the god for efficient factory work? That's what I want to know. Now, we've only got one more question left in our ancient Egyptian triviaton. Are you ready? Here we go. Question number seven. If you know the answer to this one, I'll tell you first and foremost, you might actually be smarter than me. <sighs> Probably not, but maybe. Ancient Egyptians had a very special use for moldy bread. What did they use it for? The only thing I can think of to do with mouldy bread is to throw it out. But here's the answer. Ancient Egyptians used mouldy bread 
to heal wounds and to stop infections. That's right. I'm surprised too. You see, the mould that grows on bread can have an antibacterial effect. Pretty much to summarise, ancient Egyptians would press all this old mouldy bread onto their wounds to help them heal. I wouldn't try that today, mind you. That's what band-aids are for. And there you have it. Seven amazing ancient Egyptian answers on Flu's Mania Trivia. Just for you. How many did you get right? I hope you got them all. But if you didn't, no harm done. You can always listen to our next trivia show and try again. Now that brings us to the end of Flu's Mania for today. Come back next time for the always popular Flu's Mania Spelling Bee. The most popular spelling bee in Flu'sville. Hosted by, let me check my notes, yours truly. That's right, me. And while you're waiting, there are a whole bunch of Go Kid Go shows set in Pflugerville. There's Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, and The Story Train. Find them wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and remember, Flusville is a secret. Don't you go telling everyone about it, or we'll be overrun by kids before you know it, while we're trying to get real work done. Now until next time, Mr. Schnooze is signing off. Titter for now. Go, kid, go. We put on our detective caps and looked high and low, searching for clues to lead us to the best new mystery podcast for kids. Little did we know that we would have to search upside down. That's right. We discovered the upside down story with a brand new mystery story for kid detectives each and every week. With most stories, the storyteller introduces themselves at the beginning of the tale. But at the upside down story, you don't know who is telling you the story until the very end. Unless you guess their identity sooner, that is. Do you think you have the detective skills to crack these cases wide open? Yes? Then tag along with us for the fun and put your sleuthing skills to the test by listening to The Upside Down Story on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.